<clears throat> You're listening to the Sans Pants Network, home of comedy, <laughs> culture, <laughs> adventures, and ghosts. You are listening to Total Reboot, the only podcast on the freaking internet that dares to discuss movies, cinema, and what we can find those on, which of course is DVDs. My name is Alexi Toliopoulos and joining me as always is Cameron James. That's true, and we are digging back into the vault here today, Geraldo Rivera style, cracking <laughs> the vault open for another classic episode. And and this one I'm very excited about re-listening to because this is one of our favourite themes on this show, which is mm-hmm. the sequel. Potentially even the sequel that no one asked for. Oh, absolutely. People were dying for a sequel, and as soon as they got it, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. no yeah, they're no, like, no, 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 no. Just, I want to watch the first one again. I want to watch the first one. <laughs> Maybe add a new character in the first one or something and just re-release that. <laughs> uh, and, and I think we said this uh, at the time too, but Jurassic World... So mm-hmm. we're talking about the Jurassic Park sequels today. Yes, yes. Of course, um, this is from a little mini-series where we did the first Jurassic Park film. Mm-hmm. And we had a special guest on it, Mr. Ben Elwood, one of our favourite yeah. guests. Yeah. Then we moved on to Jurassic Park 2 and 3, the sequels to the, the original sequels. film. Um, and i got to tell you, I was a big fan of The Lost World. Jurassic Park 3 lost me, but Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom got me right back in. Right back wow. into Dino Heaven. I can't wait for whatever this next one's called. Dominion, oh, Extinction. The Minions, um, dude. Jurassic Domingos, Park, The Minions, dude. That'll be Ju- freaking awesome. Jurassic World versus Predator, whatever it's going to be. <laughs> I'll check it out live in cinemas. Mm, I think for me personally, I'm like Jurassic Park, it's one of the greats. Yeah, Jurassic yeah. Park 2, I, 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 it's okay. You know, it's fair it's okay. enough. It's okay. It's okay. Jurassic Park 3. Uh, me like you a lot. And yeah, I, remember, I know this. I know that's this. something we talk about on this episode. That I, this movie appeals very directly to my sensibilities. Yeah, Jurassic you're... World One. No, I didn't like it. I hated it. In fact, <laughs> Jurassic World Two, Dominion, or whatever it's called, Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom, dude. <laughs> Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Excuse me. There's yeah. no naming logic to this franchise. <laughs> Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. This time the park's open, but but it used to be closed, but now it's open again. Yeah, closed for business is what it should be called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that movie, and I'm excited for Jurassic Park versus the Minions. It's going to be really exciting. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited for it. Um, and I have a feeling that this classic episode may have resulted in one of our first real arguments. Mm-hmm. Over a certain actor. Yes. I don't want to give too much away if anyone is listening to this for the first time, but there was a certain actor that you and I strongly disagreed over. And, Generally and have opposing views on something. Opposing views on an on an actor from... All I'll say is this actor is from the third Jurassic Park film. Mm-hmm. And you had certain thoughts. I had certain thoughts. Never the twain shall meet. Yeah, and we've never talked about another movie starring with them since, I think, to, like, <laughs> avoid conflict. It's a DMZ, <laughs> this podcast, ever since this episode. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. We've never discussed a single one of their other flicks, so maybe we'll need to do, like, fun with Dick and Jane or <laughs> some, whatever the fuck else they're in. 
<laughs> I don't yeah. even. I couldn't tell you another movie they're in. And I could tell you countless movies they're in because I. Uh, <laughs> I have an affection for this actor. Um, anyway, that is the classic episode. It is the sequels to Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park 2, Jurassic Park 3. It's back in the day, very, very early on in this podcast, where we mm. did a miniseries on Jurassic Park, followed by this episode. And we close it out with an episode focusing on Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, a movie that we both freaking love. I yeah. love that movie. So if you want to go back, check out those full mini series but next week cammy we mm. are coming back with new episodes and we are coming back hot and kinetic and complex and exciting with a brand new i would say mega series this isn't a mini series <laughs> this is a freaking mega series dude yeah 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 this is hectic this is something that uh it feels like it's been inevitable that we would land in this direction. It feels like in the past, we've danced right up to it, but we've mm-hmm. been afraid to ask it to boogie. And in 2022, we're hitting the dance floor hard with a Millennium Mindfuck miniseries about all those turn-of-the-century, turn-of-the-millennium flicks that just fuck with reality and get inside your head and say, hey, have you thought about things could be different. Have you thought about reality might be fake? Have you thought we might live in computer? Have you thought that everything could be dream, but you think it's real, but it's actually dream in your head? Allow us to be your freaking big brothers. Take you down mm. into the basement with a couple of rented DVDs and show you into a club that we cannot actually talk about. Mm. Okay? You're mm. not allowed to mm. talk about a certain club. Okay. That's the first and second rule of it. So that's all. That's the only clue we'll give you. Yeah. Also, we'll tell you that the first episode is Fight Club. <laughs> yeah, we will be talking about David Fincher's Fight Club. And then we're going to be talking about, I think in the next episode, uh, one of the other key voices in Mindfuck Cinema of the New Millennium, Mr. Christopher Nolan's Memento. Christopher Nolan's Memento. And then we're going to be talking about a guy that's been fucking mine since before the millennium was even a thing. Yeah, since before it was wh- a twinkle in your daddy's dinkle, dude. Back in the olden days, this guy's been fucking with mines. We're talking about David Lynch, Mulholland Drive is coming up. And we have a full other slate of episodes in the near future. We'll announce all of them on our socials so you can watch ahead of time and listen along with us. I'm so excited for this mega series. Me too. I feel like it's a long time coming, like you said, Cam, but also just kind of like the perfect way to start a new year of Total Reboot with some movies that are really important to us, but also incredibly cringy in different cycles. (laughs) Yeah, that's an area that we're very comfortable in. Yeah, that's good. So join us there. Look us up on socials at I am Cameron James, at This Is Alexi, and at Total Reboot Pod, where we're going to be announcing what the whole slate is going to be of Millennium Mindfuck movies and watch and play along with us. Uh, in the meantime, you can head over to patreon.com slash total reboot for more podcast content from us. And for just five bucks a month, sign up and get heaps of extra stuff from us. Um, in the meantime. Enjoy this freaking episode, babe. 
Hey, Jungle Babies, welcome to Total Reboot, the only goddamn podcast on the internet that dares to dream <laughs> to talk about movies. I'm Cameron James, and I'm sitting opposite a gorgeous young soul. Oh? Who goes by the name of Alexi Teleopolis? Hello, that is me. I am one of the co-hosts of this podcast. My name is Alexi Teleopolis. And the premise of this podcast is one where we do talk about cinema. Yes. Mm -hmm. In fact, we are the only one to dare to dream to talk about (laughs) cinema. And specifically, we talk about reboots, remakes, and rip-offs in cinema. This last week, we just talked about the original, the classic, the greatest of all time, Jurassic Park. Now... We are moving on to the sequels. Out of the park and into the world. Yeah. Well, maybe that's next week. In In a a way. way. In a way. This is, of course, the 25th anniversary celebrating this month of Jurassic Park. And, of course, Jurassic World has just come out. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom has just come out. So, we're making our way through that series. Full disclosure, we have already seen Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Yes, we have. We have seen it. We were blessed to be there at a premiere screening. We were allowed to the prem. We got... Front row tickets, which is famously the worst scene in the house. (laughs) And we enjoyed the time in the cinema. (laughs) We ate... What did we eat in the cinema? We ate gummies. They gave us snacks that were dinosaur-shaped gummies. We had dino... Called itty-bitties, I believe. Itty-bitties. Itty-bitty, chewy dinies. (laughs) And we had, of course... Doritos. Doritos? And what flavour were they? Char-grilled steak. Char-grilled steak (laughs) flavoured Doritos that are branded Jurassic World. And can I just say, they were perhaps the worst tasting chip I've ever had (laughs) in my life. But I ate the whole pack. Cameron polished the whole bag off. I was so upset with every bite that it tasted the way it did. But I was also starving. The flavour was insane. Yeah. You cannot... Deny that it packed a lot of flavour and it packed a lot of flavours, sweet and savoury. It was both. It was too sweet, maybe. Speaking of sweet, we also got the best candy of all time. Pez. Everyone loves Pez. All the kids are always banging on about Pez. Kids freaking love Pez. And Dad, they had dino heads. can I please get 50 cents and go to the shop to buy some more <laughs> Pez for my Pez dispenser? Okay, Sonny, as long as you have not... Lost your Pez dispenser? I shall give you the money to replenish it. No, no, no. I haven't lost my Pez dispenser. I take it good care of it. It has pride of place in Mm. my bedroom. You got a little Don Rickles Pez dispenser there, I see. (laughs) Yep. The king of sting. Rip. He'll live on forever as a bobble-shaped head on top of a fucking tube that I eat. Really flavourless candies out of. <laughs> well, the cherry is a great flavour. We got uh, cherry is a good flavour. We got Pez, uh, Jurassic World Pez dispensers as well yep. at this premiere. So if you think we have been bought by Universal to like the movies, you'll have to listen next week to yeah, find out what we find thought. find out. Do we, did we get sucked in by all the free swag that we got? Or will we give an honest appraisal of a blockbuster film? Who knows? You'll have to tune in to Total Reboot. Next week. But this week, Cameron, what are we talking about? This week, we're talking about the squeakles to Jurassic Mm -hmm. Park. So, Jurassic Park, the original, directed by Sir Steven Spielberg, is or herself. The only Yank to have been knighted. (laughs) Stevie Spielberg. And not Wayne knighted. No, not Wayne knighted. He's famously killed Wayne Knight. (laughs) He got a Diplodocus to spit in his face. (laughs) This one. This week, we're talking about 
first of all, the Lost World colon Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. which is the first official sequel to Jurassic Park. Yes. Directed by Steven Spielberg, his or herself again. The famous knighted yank. Yeah, the knighted yank himself. Director of Austin Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're in the same episode today. We're also going to be talking about Jurassic Park 3, directed by acclaimed auteur of Jumanji, Joe Johnston. Do- Joe Johnston of the acclaimed film Jumanji, original <laughs> recipe Jumanji movie. The movie that, in many ways, started it all for this podcast. The movie's so nice, they remade it thrice. <laughs> Zathura included. <laughs> Which we refuse we to refuse. discuss. We will never discuss Zathura. If anyone out there on the internet is saying, why aren't these dudes talking about Zathura, that is because we have been bought out by... <laughs> Whoever the fuck put it out, probably Universal, probably Universal Studios. And but we, we refuse to. We refuse. It. We refuse to talk about Zathura. I would love a, a space z- adventure. <laughs> I'd love a Zathura Pez dispenser. Oh god, if they had a Dax Shepard Pez dispenser from Zathura, is he in it? He's in it. He plays a space cowboy or something. I want a John Favreau Pez dispenser. Oh god, Chef Casper. <laughs> yeah. God, it puts out little Cubano flavored pezzas. Oh, I love that. Oh, God, I can't wait till we talk about Chef because it has been remade. There's an episode <laughs> we are doing in the future. Yeah. It's been remade Hindi style. It's a Bollywood film. So we will be talking about that eventually. But today we're talking about the Sekis. Let's get into them. Let's dive into these sequels. A British family on a yacht cruise stumbled upon Site B. <laughs> Now it's only a matter of time before this lost world is found and pillaged. Hopefully we've kept this island quarantined and contained, but I'm in shock about all this. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. How was that? The Lost World Jurassic Park 1997 directed by knighted Yankee Steven Spielberg. Something has survived. Four years after Jurassic Park's genetically bred dinosaurs ran amok, multi-millionaire John Hammond shocks chaos theorist Ian Malcolm by revealing that Hammond has been breeding more beasties at a secret location. Malcolm, his paleontologist lady love and a wildlife videographer played by... Vince Vaughn, join, himself. <laughs> join an expedition to document the lethal lizard's natural behavior in this action-packed thriller. Was Beasties in that synopsis? 100% Beasties is in the synopsis I read from Letterboxd. <laughs> it is. That's something that I would add, but it is I in really there. thought that was one of your touches. No, it's so in there. That's why um, I read it. I was like, this feels like I wrote it. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, wow, great stuff. Now, let's discuss it. First of all, I teased a little bit last week. Mm-hmm. That I was nine years old when yep. this movie came out. Yes. I this was the one that I saw in cinemas uh-huh. for the first time. This yep. was my Jurassic Park. This is your Jurassic Park. You born by it, you lived to buy it, you yep. died by it. I my school, my primary school, yep. they did a raffle where you could win tickets to go and see The Lost World. Oh my gee. One of those fabulous twists of fate that little did I know that spending two dollars on a raffle ticket mm-hmm. would in fact change 
my entire life and it the fabric reshape, of my being. It would reshape your destiny. <laughs> to become a registered cinephile. Yeah, that was the moment you switched on. Yeah, it awoke something in me. Much like watching uh, Ellie Sattler dig through a big pile of shit awoke something <laughs> in me in the first one. It unlocked a fecal fetish that I have. <laughs> Fecalophilia. <laughs> this one awoke the cinephile in me and it's it's, you know, like maybe it hasn't held up uh, critically. People mm-hmm. don't love this movie very much. But when I was nine and I saw it at the movies with my dad, my brother, and one of my friends, I thought it was the best movie that had ever been made. Really? I loved it. I was so obsessed with it. You already loved Jurassic Park? I'd seen it on VHS. I had some t-shirts. Mm-hmm. I had a toy. Did you have the, t- the famous toys? I loved the Jurassic Park toys. They had no fig- They had figures of men and women and children that looked nothing like any of the characters yeah. in the film. Yeah. But the dinos looked sick. They had a giant tattoo of JP on their booties. Yep. And then there was a little piece that you could remove and you could see into them. You could see their bones and their flesh. Oh, I don't remember that. That's was, cool. Every single one of them had like a little patch that you could take off and it just showed their their flesh underneath it. My friend Pat, who came to the movie with me, had a toy of the car from mm. the first one. You know, those like Jeeps or whatever yeah. they are. Um, with all the characters in it and a big T-Rex that you could like wow. press a button on its spine and its teeth, its jaws would chomp. I loved oh, it. Merch it. is one of my favorite parts of films. We should do a merch podcast. Yeah, total merch boot. Steve Merchant. <laughs> Steven Merchant podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I loved it. Big fan. Loved it at the movies. Was scared shitless yeah. during this movie. You were without shit for a week. I couldn't shit. <laughs> it constipated me. <laughs> I sang this movie's praises for years and years and years and years. And then it wasn't maybe until my teenage years mm-hmm. when I learned, tragically, that this movie is not well loved. <laughs> it's not be- a beloved film. Which is crazy. I remember liking it as a kid as well because it's just more Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked all the stuff on the island. And re-watching it now, I think I rewatched this about a year ago, maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. I remember really disliking it. Yeah, And then I rewatched it again the other day and I liked it more than I did that last time. Can I say, I think it's the perfect premise for a sequel to Jurassic Park. Really? Yep. It's the only logical step that this movie could take. That is insane because that's exactly how I feel about J-Park 3. Yeah, that's crazy. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. (laughs) Because for me, it's like, okay, the first one was all about watching dinosaurs within structure uh-huh. and confines and almost like a prison-like environment, learning how to break out of it. This one, we've got to go back. Why not have it a little more wild? Now we're seeing mm. them in their own environment. I and like the people that. are now out of their depth. There is a second island. The island has run amok. The beasties are running amok. I, okay, my, my big problem with it maybe is that it's a different island. Uh, yeah. I don't love that as a setup. I don't think it was necessary to it have, have a second island. It could have just been another island. side of the island. Yeah. I, they it, didn't, we didn't it's explore. not necessary, but it's like a, the first failed park that they didn't even it's do like anything the, with. It's Site B, mm. they call it, Isla Sauna. Yeah. And it's, according to John Hammond, which I think is a bit of a retcon, he says that's where they breed all the dinosaurs mm. and grow them before they ship them over to Isla Nubar. Yeah. Which I think is not true because in Jurassic Park 1, we see eggs hatching. We see a freaking egg egg hatch. An egg freaking hatches. We have a proper squeeze about hatching egg. Mm -hmm. So already got a little bit of a problem with this second island thing. But I love the idea of going back and now 
it's all wilderness and the humans have to deal with being out of their depth. And it makes sense for someone like uh, Julianne Moore's character, Sarah Harding, Mm. who is a paleontologist, Mm. uh, wanting to go back to see uh, dinosaurs in their natural environment. Yeah. But not behind cages. There's no structure to it, just to see how they behave. It's an interesting idea that Hammond has like had the island protected for a long time, mm-hmm. to just to let the dinosaurs thrive on their own. And now all these people, like paleontologists and researchers, are able to go in and observe them. Kind of like yeah, um, they're going to look at orangutans in the wild or something yes. like that. It's a cool premise. Mighty Joe Young. Mighty Joe Young style. <laughs> That's what it's called Whenever you view uh, An animal in the wild It's called it's Mighty a- Joe Young style <laughs> I'm going in Mighty Joe Young style And it's a short end Everyone knows Everyone gets everyone it Everyone knows it Everyone says it It's a thing you've all heard Countless yeah, times I'm going in Mighty Joe Young style Oh you're going to On a safari To just see nat- animals In natural environment Yeah, yeah. Can't. I said Mighty Joe Young Okay you didn't even Fucking spell it it's out for me also If I may be so crude And so bold Slang for going in bareback. <laughs> it's going in silverback. Going baby. in on back. Yeah, going in silverback. silverback. I'm going in Mighty Joe Young style. <laughs> oh, okay. In my natural environment. Yeah, please, please go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's where I think the film is already off to a good start. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's uh, where does it go wrong? Tell me what you don't like about this movie. <sighs> well, to me, I like that idea. I like that premise of them all going in there. Mm-hmm. I like that little team. I love. You love this VV. film. This film has got the VVF baby, the Vince Vaughn factor. <laughs> it takes it up a whole fucking notch. It's got Vince Vaughn. That's Vincent a whole extra Vaughan. star. That's an extra star. <laughs> that Vince Vaughn alone makes this an extra star. Do you know how it's he got a, cast in this? I do way? know how he got cast in this, but I'd love story. you to retell me. Famous story. He's at a bar. No. He sees Frank Sinatra, no, 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 and he's no, like, "Hang on a second, I want <laughs> it's this." It's almost as famous as that Don Rickles story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Vince. Okay, so Vince Vaughn was. Most recently in the independent film, Schwingers. Swingers, directed by director of Zathora. <laughs> Actually, it's not. It's directed by Doug Lyman, but it's written and starring the director of Zathora, a space adventure, John Favreau. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And uh, they used a sting, a musical sting from Jaws. Can't remember which one. Could have been anything. Could be any of the music from Jaws. I can't specifically remember which mm-hmm. theme it was. Yeah. Uh, and they needed permission from Sir Stephen himself Sir Stevie. to use it. So Stephen had to go in and watch the scene yep. to see how the music would be used, whether it was appropriate. And from watching that brief, probably two minute long, he's sequence, like, "Who the fuck is this guy? Who's this? This guy has the VVF, and I don't even know what that stands for yet." <laughs> well, it's the Vince Vaughn factor. He's got it. <laughs> he's got it. He is it. Yeah. He immediately said, "This guy's in my new Jurassic Park movie. He doesn't even need to screen mm-hmm. test for yeah. it. No auditions. Straight in." And the guy rules. And the guy, I think it's at this point in time, they don't even know what to do with Vince Vaughn. No. I don't know what he is in this movie. It works for me, but it's like, I think it's still an infancy of what this guy's going to be. For me, like, it works be. as a curiosity. Yeah. It works in a way where you're like, that's crazy that that guy, a couple of years later, would be a big star. Yeah. And now he's in a big blockbuster, but he's not really... a. He doesn't really get anything to do with He's it. yet to become the delivery man. He's yet to become the intern. <laughs> He's yet to... Internship. He's yet to become a wedding crasher. Yeah. This is way before wedding crashes. This is before the breakup. This is... <laughs> <laughs> this is before... 
before he was dodging balls. <laughs> this time he's dodging dinos. Yeah, he's dodging dino balls. <laughs> Big time. Yeah, okay. Uh, so he's great in it, I guess. You've got Julian Moore, as you already mm-hmm. mentioned. There is. They've really upped the character actors for this movie. Yeah. It's great, great cast. You're obsessed with this cast. I love this cast because, you know, <laughs> now we're led by Jeff Goldblum, who has also had a bit of a retcon. Don't know yeah. why he's on this mission. Doesn't really make sense. Well, it's sort of... Okay, he's been... It Actually, why did Hammond want him to go? We need we need maths. We need someone from the first movie back. That's what <laughs> Hammond said. I need someone who knows maths and has been on an adventure before. I need someone who... <laughs> who, like... Audiences would know yeah. if, if audiences were to have watched the last thing that happened If this were to be a play I would like the audiences to not be confused by who yeah. would be there uh, I don't know why he tricks him into going back actually Does, Do you remember? I couldn't tell you what I know how yesterday. He tricks him by already signing up his, Sarah Harding who's his girlfriend Who I believe actually is not just a paleontologist She's a paleobehaviorist She's a behavioural paleontologist yeah. And Ian's girlfriend according to Wikipedia I love Wiki Wiki's the best website. It is so good. I use it on the reg. Yes. And then he also, by accident, Vanessa Lee Chester, who plays Kelly Malcolm, his daughter, Mm. is stuck on that same... She sneaks on board. She sneaks aboard. Okay. So, clearly, they needed a child to come along to add that kind of Lex and Tim factor to this movie. Doesn't quite work with Kelly because... She hasn't. She's never the uh, focus of any mm. of the scenes. She's just kind of on the peripheral, and also she's like way tougher than Lex and Tim are. Yeah, <laughs> she's a bit older probably, and she's like expert gymnast. She's an excellent. She gymnast. could have been part of Ocean's Eight. She's an excellent gymnast. I can't believe she was cut from the high school team. Ah, uh, you were cut from the high school team. Great line. Great line. Great reading. Great line, great rating, great people. Let's talk about the other character actors we've got in here. Your favourite actor of all time, Pete Postlethwaite. Pete Postlethwaite is one of the best. And mm. he did... I believe he was in Amistad as well, right? Oh, he did the double that year, He did he? the double that year. So this <coughs> is a moment that we talked about last episode. That in 1993, <laughs> Steven Spielberg created a moment. It was his year. Yeah. 1993 comes around. He does Jurassic Park. It's emblematic of his blockbuster... Films, Bonafides. Bonafide blockbusters. It is a pinnacle of all of those films. Mm-hmm. It's a pinnacle of all of the Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. all of his big adventure Jaws, films. all of it. All of it. He has another side to him. He likes the prestige drama because as well. you know well. what? I'm also very artistic. I'm mm-hmm. very in touch with my family heritage. Yeah, and he made Schindler's List. And that is the pinnacle of all of that, of mm-hmm. all the prestige dramas he'd made, all the prestige dramas he will make. Mm-hmm. I think that, that point 93 is the top of the mountain. The Paramount Mountain, the Playmount Mountain. (laughs) Does he win uh, Best Director, Best Picture that year? Yes. That year wins Best Director, Best Picture. this is an exciting time in Sir Stephen's life. Mm -hmm. He's won the greatest achievements you can ever hope to win in the industry. What does he do? Does he follow it up straight away with some more movies? No, the guy takes a holiday. He takes time off. He, he takes, takes four years four off. years between these between films. He comes what back he from does, Schindler's List. What he does in that meantime, he starts DreamWorks. Oh, does DreamWorks he? With is Katzenberg. With and Katzenberg and, and Shrek. And Shrek. <laughs> yeah, Shrek. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They start DreamWorks. <laughs> yeah. And the first thing that DreamWorks does uh, is Amistad. And just before Amistad, he made The Lost World Jurassic Park. Which is an Amblin movie. Which is an Amblin film, Amblin Universal. And so that he's trying to recreate that double year where he makes 
an extreme extreme big blockbuster and, and extremely personal emotional well I don't know personal I don't think Armistad is that personal for him <laughs> well he might feel like he's a slave to the studio system <laughs> I think that there's some interesting <laughs> shit about Armistad that I was reading that we won't go into um, but give that a little squeeze it's fucking weird yeah um, and so I think he's trying to him repeat that the prestige drama the big blockbuster again mm. he's recreating that and it's just both of them just fall short of what he had done in 93. Not just short, he, uh, maybe quite a far short. I think um, this Lost World was probably a hit, but it definitely was not critically successful and he would never make a sequel again. No. Apart from the Indiana Jones ones. Indiana Jones. <laughs> uh, okay, so... And hopefully Tintin. But he, that's through... not the only time he's done that. Steven Spielberg goes on, like, even now. He's a dual director. He does. He directed Duel. <laughs> he directed <laughs> Duel. But, you know, Tin Tin came out the same year as War Horse. Yep. The Post came out the same time as Ready Player, Ready Player, One. Player One. So he it's something this. that he does. He's known for it. He's famous for it. It's probably one of the coolest things about the guy. It's what got him freaking knighted. It's what got the Queen to tap that sword <laughs> on either side of his head. Some other character actors in this movie. We've got. Oh, and he's. Uh, sorry, what I was saying about Postal Thwaite when I got into that. So. Yes, so Postlethwaite stars in both of them. The great character actor, Pete Postlethwaite. And Stephen said his experience working with Postlethwaite in these films, he's the best actor he's ever worked with. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. And he's worked with... The guy's worked with Hanks. He's worked with freaking Liam Neeson, Thomas Hanks. He's worked with... Joseph Mazzello, who plays Tim. <laughs> Tim. Joseph Mazzello, yes, one of my favorites. Yeah. He's worked with fucking Vince Vaughn within the yeah. same year. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I bet he, could, he would take those words back if he'd spent another year working on another movie with Vince Vaughn. Yeah, probably. He'd have been like, Pete Postlewaite, best actor I've ever worked with, apart from Vince Vaughn. <laughs> apart from the Vince Vaughn. Then we've also got uh, In That Crew. That's a crew of poachers that have been hired. Yeah. One, of uh, my, one of my favorite character actors. Yeah, yours. Peter Stormare. Famously known as the blonde from Fargo. Yeah. Love him. What When you see that face on screen, you know you're looking at a villain. You know it. The guy has one of the most villainous mugs ever put to celluloid. Oh, God. I, he's great. He's so good in this as well. I really... <laughs> I enjoyed Postlethwaite and I enjoy him in this, in this poacher storyline. It's weird because Postlethwaite's, you know... Set up to be almost a big bad of this movie. Mm. He goes gets to the island. Okay, spoiler alert if you've never seen the movie, but InGen, they've actually sent a team of poachers to yeah. the island in order to capture them to kind of sell them on the black market or some shit. Yeah, um, to start a, a, a San Diego park. Start their own San Diego zoo. Um, Peter Postlethwaite is brought in as one of the poachers. He's a big game hunter from Africa. You think he's going to be the big bad. He's like... He gets to the island and he immediately goes rogue. Mm. He immediately turns to Hammond's son or nephew or whatever he is and goes, um, yep, I'm here. You brought me here. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to catch the big game. I want the T-Rex. I want the T-Rex. And you're like, oh, fuck, this sapphire is just going to go buck wild and go killing animals on his own. But then the weird arc he gets is that he is sort of humbled by nature mm. <laughs> and he kind of has this ending where he walks off into the mist by himself, a changed man, mm. vowing that he will never hurt another animal again. Which is kind of insane. It's not really sold that well in this, but I think that if he had been the protagonist of this film, that could have been something interesting. Yeah. Like sending in 
a big game hunter being aligned with someone that's not necessarily a good guy yeah. and then finding the change in him because otherwise there's not much change going no. on in this movie. And also that like that final scene with him is really only the end of act 2. Mm. There's so much more of the movie to go. Yeah, and I kind of wish earned. the movie had ended at the end of act 2. That's my thing is. <laughs> I love I really like the whole island okay. stuff. All right. I eat everything. I love the sequence with the with the truck let's, overhanging. Let's stay on that then. Let's mm. stay on that. We'll get to we'll get to the Third act very soon, but first let's talk about at least what we liked about the stuff on the island. Okay, I love that sequence of the truck overhanging. Do you think, I think, when I watched this movie again yesterday, I thought, I don't think that I've seen as suspenseful and Mm. perfectly, masterfully executed a sequence since the T-Rex attack in the first one. And probably I've never seen one since this movie. As good as this. Yeah, the, the you mean the truck sequence? The trailer sequence? Yeah. I think it's one of the... It's the best thing in this movie and it's as good as anything in the first Jurassic Park. So, what is it? Can we describe that sequence quickly? All right. The setup to it is that they have stumbled... Uh, this Peter Postlethwaite character has captured a baby T-Rex yep. and injured it. Yeah. Broken its leg. So, Hammond and Harding and Vince Vaughn himself... Mm-hmm. Rescue the baby T-Rex and take it back to a trailer to operate on it to set its leg in order to not fix ha- it. Not Ham- Hammond's, Malcolm. Malcolm. Ian Malcolm. Malcolm, Malcolm, yeah. Malcolm. Ian Malcolm, the rock star mathematician <laughs> yeah. himself. They're, so they're trying to fix this. They're operating on this baby T-Rex. baby T-Rex. It starts calling out in pain. It's cooing for its mummy. What happens next? Mummy and daddy both show up. Yeah. And they start trying to knock this trailer over the edge of a cliff and what unfolds is probably one of the coolest set pieces in any of these movies. I think it's one of Steven Spielberg's best set pieces he's ever done. It's masterful. It's, it's marvelous, so fucking darling. good. Every it's the same thing we were talking about with the T-Rex sequence mm. last episode. You get given about 20 moving parts to this yep. sequence and they all fail at different times mm-hmm. and then some of them get fixed but then another one fails first of all these t-rexes show up already yeah. that's bad that's actually pretty freaking that's actually scary fucking terrifying they're well known as some of the most vicious creatures that god has ever placed on this earth and yes this is god's favorite podcast we do believe in god on this podcast <laughs> that is canon this is a christian podcast suck shit <laughs> Suck shit. You got roped in. We are Christians. Yeah. This is God's favorite pod, okay? God creates creates dinosaurs. Dinosaurs die. God creates man. Man Man creates creates pod. Man creates podcast. Podcast perfected by man. Us two. (laughs) Then the trailer starts getting pushed over a cliff and the whole set is now... Uh, vertical mm. and they're dangling over the edge of this cliff and the best thing I think that I've maybe ever seen <laughs> in one of these types of things <laughs> is Julianne Moore falling the length oh. of the entire trailer and landing on the windshield, windshield. and then seeing it's her knocked out cold seeing the windshield slowly crack and then yeah. as she awakens having to not freak out every moment of that is Perfect mm. suspense. And it's like a Rube Goldberg machine, this whole set. It's everything. like a Jeff Goldblum machine. <laughs> everything. Like, first, she starts moving and you see the cracks appearing yeah. around her fingers. 
So Goldblum starts descending the trailer to grab her. As he's descending, Vince Vaughn notices that something is about to fall and yep. smash the windshield. It's all, every element of it is perfectly suspenseful. I think it's the best thing in any Jurassic Park movie. Uh, I find it hard to disagree with that. I put, I mean, I, I did just I say definitely it's, put it up there with the T Rex. Yeah, I just said it's one of Spielberg's best <laughs> set pieces ever. It's so. definitely one of his best set pieces. Yeah, I can't it's think of a better one. And I think this is strange because I would say this is one of Spielberg's lesser, lesser films. Absolutely. It's it's like the guy had this idea for what he wanted to make with a Jurassic Park sequel, and then he had another idea for what he wanted to make for a Jurassic Park sequel. That's actually way closer to the truth than what you probably realize. Is that he he planned it as a trilogy when he mm. when he decided to do the sequel. Yeah, he had a vision for three movies in his head. The first one was going to be what most of this movie is, all on the island. Yeah, and the third one was going to be what the third act of this movie is. Okay. Which is dinosaurs on the mainland. D- San Diego itself. Whale's vagina, <laughs> as they call it in Spain. <laughs> um, yeah, so he was originally like, all right, th- third one, that's going to be my dinos on the mainland yep. movie. I think in early development for this movie or in perhaps pre-production, he was already bored with The Lost World. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know what? I don't want to do a third one. Fuck it. There will be no third movie. But I do want that Dinos on the Mainland sequence. Let's just put that in this Mm. movie. And it feels like two different movies stuck together. It really does. It's so strange. That's where the movie falters. Do you want to to talk about that sequence? It's just odd to me because the whole thing is they're getting the T-Rex to come to San Diego so they can open San Diego Jurassic Park Mm. and have it as like... Much like SeaWorld. Much like SeaWorld. It's like much like King Kong. It's like an attraction of them bringing something to... To us from the Lost World, which is kind of fun. It's also an homage an to the Lost World, the Arthur Conan Doyle yeah. novel, and the films that have been based off that. Yeah, it's a it's a fine idea, and it's I don't know, it's it's a fine idea, but then when you think about, it, it's like mm, this is kind of shitty. Well, like, I think just, what it does is it takes away the isolation factor. Yeah, there's something terrifying about going to this island. This is the only place in the world where these monsters exist. Mm. You're on your own. It's so far away from the rest of the world. And then once you're off it, you're safe. Yeah. This idea of going, now we're bringing them to America, the mainland, it's not as scary immediately because no. there's just heaps of people around and you yeah. can just go hide on the other side of America. It's like, yeah, I'll go home. I'll just go yeah. home, I'm avoid just go this. Home. It's not going to come to my house. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know. It just it seems to me very, very silly for a film that has strayed away from silliness for the f- whole first like yeah. 80 minutes of the film. Yeah, I hear and I just think that it's too cute. It's too cute. It's too silly. It's too weird. Especially like the 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 ship basically travels by itself because the T Rex escapes, kills every person. I don't on know the how thing. that happened. By and the way, and then the T Rex gets back into the cage. They lock it in, and then what? The last guy who locked the cage is like, God, that was scary. I had a heart attack during it. It just passes away. Possibly, like I have no explanation for how everyone on the ship died. I guess it's just and then the ship pilots as... itself to the exact port that yeah. it was meant to get to. Yeah, I guess the idea like Spielberg wanted a ghost ship element to mm. this which is scary the idea of a ship finally showing up and there's no one on it or everyone's dead yeah. pretty scary but it just makes no sense that a, there's a part where when they're exploring the ship that has crash landed into San Diego with a dead crew yeah. they're walking through the captain's quarters and there's like 
dead bodies in the captain's quarters. I'm like, how did this fucking uh, T-Rex get in that little cabin? It is insane. How did he fit in there? He could have maybe reached his little hand in there. Yeah. Clawed one of them in the fucking dick or something. But there's no <laughs> way. There's no way it got in there to eat them. How did, yeah. that, how did that happen? It just doesn't make sense. And yeah. then I think, I guess that final act of the film is nothing that I really enjoy in it. I'll tell you what, there's, there's plenty that I enjoy in it and all the cute moments... Would have been great were they spaced out over two hours. Yeah. There's a, but honestly, as it goes, it's half an hour where almost every scene is a joke. It starts yeah. so you see the border control sign, no fruit, food, or animals mm-hmm. to go beyond Gosh. this point. The T Rex crashes through that it's sign. It's like uh, that's I said, no animals. Funny, this is the world's biggest animal. Then you see um, the T Rex barks at a dog. Yeah. The little kid sees it and goes into his parents' room and says, there's a monster outside my window. Yeah. Then the T-Rex drinks from the pool. Then there's like all those Godzilla jokes yeah. where you see Japanese businessmen running away from the T-Rex. It's a lot. It it's just like, becomes comedy. It's just It becomes a comedy movie and it's too cute to be scary. Mm. There's nothing scary about it. Even Ian Malcolm and Sarah Harding aren't scared in this yeah. sequence. They're just like... Oh boy, we gotta get him back to the ship. Like they're just like yeah. almost annoyed that they have to do it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it works at all, really. And but it 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 didn't work for me. But I did enjoy myself this time because I'm talking to you. You being very excited about doing this little yeah. mini Jurassic Park triple episode mm-hmm. um, you were talking to me about how much you love Jurassic Park and how to you these are just fun movies totally they're fun totally and going in with your little worm digging into my brain <laughs> I was like I'm having fun it's this more of a snake dinos. than a worm mm, it's a little worm it's it's thick it's, it's big it's no, muscly it's kind of like short shrimpy it's like a string penis well I guess we just feel it differently anyway <laughs> go on and I just kind of went in just Finding this as blockbuster. Yeah. And I think that's how I was able to enjoy these sequels immensely more than I have in the past. It's just going like, these are just fun. They're fluff. That's, they're total fluff. That's why I could enjoy the third act of this a little bit more this time. Even though it's quite cute, I was like, I, I would probably watch a whole movie of mm. that. If it was two hours long of just Me too. dinos it's on the mainland. Godzilla 1999 <laughs> or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Can't wait to do that one. Mm. Okay. Is there any other things you want to talk about before we move on to J Park 3? No, I think I want to get there because you've you've just kind of naturally led me there by saying that you found both of these sequels mm. to be a lot of fun this time. I want to hear why you like J Park 3 so much. I have a, a proposition I'd like to discuss with you. I've chartered an airplane to fly us over Isla Sorna, and we'd like you to be our guide. We'd love to make a contribution to your research here. It could almost be paradise. I got it, forgotten. We have a landing strip up here. You cannot land, land on this island. Oh my god! What the but in this forbidden place, where man has tampered with nature. This is how you make dinosaurs? This is how you play God. Something unexpected has evolved. Okay, Jurassic Park 3, directed by Joe Johnston in the year 2001. Sad year. In need of funds of research, Dr. Alan Grant accepts a large sum of money to accompany Paul and Amanda Kirby on an aerial tour of the infamous 
Isla Sona. It isn't long before all hell breaks loose and the stranded wayfarers must fight for survival as a host of new and even more deadly dinosaurs try to make snacks of them. Yeah, okay, I'll tell you what I think uh, immediately. First impression, what's wrong with this sequel is that the premise is too similar to The Lost World. Mm. I don't... Now it's like, okay, the first time around, we're going back. Um, they're in their natural habitat this time. We're the ones who aren't in control. We're yeah. in their environment. This time, it's like, yeah, same again. But to me, that... I, I don't care anymore. Give me something different. What different can you do Jurassic with this Jurassic World. Stuff? That's what the perfect, the perfect sequel to The Lost World is that someone has started yeah. the park up again. But this is a harmless in-between story. This is getting our hero back, Dr. Alan Grant. It's giving him a mission. It's giving him a purpose to go back, a reason to go back. He Paleontology is shit again because dino- everyone hates dinosaurs now. And so he has to go back to the island. Yeah. It's like just- Jack from Lost. <laughs> he needs to go back. I, I think for me, this is my Jurassic Park movie. I saw this yeah. one in the cinemas. I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It not only was it my favorite Jurassic Park movie in this year, 2001, it was my favorite movie. I saw it on VHS countless times. I had it on VHS tape, watched it so many times after school, and I just love, 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 loved it because it is just a fucking weird, crazy adventure, but also there is my own factor into it. Yeah, I had a theory about this, but yeah, and it is tell correct. Me, the theory, it. the theory yeah. is correct. <laughs> okay. I am a child of divorce. Here we go. <laughs> Not unlike Steven Spielberg. I am a child of divorce, and at that point in time, it was happening live from New York, Saturday Night Style. <laughs> <laughs> it was happening, and this movie—that's an expression everyone says, by the way. Yeah. Whenever something is happening to you in the moment, you say it's happening Saturday Night Live style. Yeah. From New York. From New York, live. It's Saturday night. <laughs> and the, at the time, it's it's just basically a parent trap movie with a Jurassic Park <laughs> so skin. I knew it. As I was watching it this summer around, <laughs> I was like, I bet he brings up the parent trap because the yeah. movie ends exactly the same way the parent trap yeah. does. And that was very important for me. <laughs> it was fantasy for me going like, God, if I just got lost on an island and smell of T-Rex piss, my parents could get back together. Is that what you wanted at that age? At that age, yeah. How old were you when this came out? 2001. 10. 10 years old. Yeah. Wow. I would have been 10. How old? I was born in 1991. Yeah. Once I was 10. Yeah. Changing world. Changing world, changing me. Started going through puberty. War on terror (laughs) had begun. And we're just talking about your hormones. Yes, I got my first chest hair at yeah, the age of oh my 10. Oh, God, a few weapons of mass destruction in your pants popping up. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about my balls dropping. <laughs> um, so, for me, I lo- I really love Taya Leone, William H. Macy. Yeah. They're two of my guys. Taya Leone, I think, is one of the most underappreciated actors that there is. I think is. she's a great actor. And but I, I also think she feels weirdly out of place in a Jurassic Park movie. I, I can't lo- quite explain why. I just love the idea of those two ever being married. <laughs> because crazy. to me, it's like Taylor is such a wonderful actor and so wonderful at being cold. William H. Macy is the opposite of that. He's so good at being warm because he's such a warm guy. Mm. But then you can put a cold exterior or a mean exterior mm. over that mm. that I like. And just to see him be like this pathetic guy that's got cucked and he has to come back <laughs> to come back to find his son with his ex-wife. I think it's great. 
Do you... Um, it's my second favourite Birdcage movie as well. What's your first favourite Birdcage? The Birdcage. The Birdcage. <laughs> the Birdcage. La Cage Folle. Yes, that's my third favourite after this. <laughs> but I, I really enjoy that sequence where they go through the Birdcage. Um, I think that's a really fun action sequence that is not like anything we've seen in the Jurassic Park films That's true. Before. That's where it sort of finds its own identity for me is mm. the uh, pterodactyls element of this movie. This is the first one, I think, that used pterodactyls at all I think seek, uh, The Lost World You see a couple Yeah But this one is like No they're a fucking threat they're in this. And they're way more dangerous Than you would think They would be um, Spinosaurus oh, Fuck off So scary Fuck off I hate that big thing I It like sucks it. It's not scarier Than the T-Rex Okay Alright look I'm gonna step through The things I don't like mm-hmm. About it okay. First of all I'm gonna respond I'm gonna rebut Your statement About Taylor Ernie Yes don't... I like Taya Leone. Oh, okay, thank God. I think she's a great actor. Yeah. In movies such as Bad Boys. Yes. And in TV shows such as The Naked Truth. Yes. She's not Jurassic Park material. Re- oh, there no. is something about her that's she's too TV. Or oh, she's not, don't she's call not, her TV. I'm sorry, dude. man. That's Madam Secretary you're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> she's not Julianne Moore. Or Laura Dern. Yes. They have a class about them that Taylor only You can't call her classless. <laughs> she is, you, she is a way, classy to the actor. Dear, to the dear listeners out here, one time I told Alexi that he lacked class <laughs> and he was so offended. I've never... I blocked that from my memory. I was like, you have no class. And when you was were this? so upset. When was this? Not that long ago. Oh my God. I've 100% blocked it from my memory. Because <laughs> it hurts your feelings. Yeah. The idea I, of being told you have no class oh, is so oh, offensive to you. Oh, I am classy. <laughs> I'm classy. She lacks class. You can't say that about Taylor. I've said she it. She oozes class. No, she doesn't. She she's, oozes charisma. She does not ooze class. class. She's, she's not. not a working she's class. She's working class. She's not. She, she's, she oozes waspiness. No, she... No, no, no. She, she oozes wasps. It doesn't work. She's not Julianne Moore, I'm afraid. She's not Julianne she's not Moore. She's not Laura no, She's not. No, no, no. It doesn't work. She's not, she's not even Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh my god, she is Bryce Dallas no, Howard. No, she's not. Bryce Dallas Howard is is a level above. Oh my I'm sorry. god. Doesn't work for me. I'm so enraged right now. Taylor Leone is Dude, have uh, some class. Be normal. <laughs> Just chill out. Okay. Second point. <laughs> second point. No second rebuttal. Point. Second point. Second point. The um the reveal... Okay, there's a couple of moments. You see the T-Rex way too early in this movie mm-hmm. and it's a comedy scene and yeah. I hate that. Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> they just run into it. They're running away from the Spinosaurus and they accidentally run into a feeding T-Rex. Yeah. And it looks at them almost with like... I feel like if it blinked, it mm-hmm. would have those... Yeah. Sound effects yeah. from like Hanna-Barbera movies. Uh, really? What the? <laughs> yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's confused to see them. And then it chases them a little bit. Mm. Uh, the next thing I hate the most is that the ringtone is supposed to be a, a scare yeah. in this movie. The shot of the Spinosaurus where you can hear the ringtone is the worst thing I've ever seen <laughs> in a movie. I, I even think, you know, when I was a kid, I have a, such a fond, a specific memory of going to see this movie. Mm-hmm. 2001, it's a teenage boy. You know, my hormones were just popping off all over the place. The guy was fucking zitting it up. Yeah. I was going crazy in the pants department. Oh, God. He got his first boner. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to see JP3. This is going to be awesome. I love this shit. I remember getting to... Guess which part of the movie when I was a kid 
was the moment that I realized this was a bad movie. What? One word. Alan. No. The I, raptor saying Alan. I like it. That's crazy. I like it. Oh, it's crazy. It's a... It's a dream. I know, but it's dreams a, have never been a part of Jurassic Park uh, visual language. Well, now it is more an, a protagonist-driven film now. We are basically seeing the world through the eyes of Alan Grant. We're not supposed to see their dreams. Well, we are sticking in his head this time. I don't like and it. And he's haunted. He's got PTSD, post-traumatic stress disease. Jungle Babies, if you don't remember this scene, look it up on YouTube Alan Grant falls asleep and then in his dream, a raptor turns to him and says his own name. The raptor speaks. It says Alan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not an actual raptor. It sucks. That's the worst. (laughs) This time around watching it, I realized it was a bad movie. And I just want to say as well, when you're a kid, every movie is the best movie you've ever seen. I remember the first movie that I saw that I was like, that was, I don't like it. This was was it for me. It was White Chicks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this was my White Chicks. Yeah. This is the first time I went to a movie and got to a point during the movie where I went, I've wasted my money. I can't believe this. Really? This This sucks. This is not what I wanted it to be. First time. And uh, this time around, I'll tell you, I had that moment earlier. I realised it sucked 15 seconds into this movie when the camera pans up from the water to show the island Mm. and the little text down the bottom says Isla Sauna, 127 miles north of Costa Rica. Mm. But then a big red font appears over the top of it that says restricted. Yeah, that's bad. What? It looks so bad. So this movie has restricted information, like it's censoring information from me. Man. What is going on here? This movie could have been made today, not a change done to that. That's what it's like in this world. I can't get the real news anymore. Everything is censored. Did you like it this time around? I like this movie this time around. Because to me, like you said about the last one, like this is the obvious sequel to Jurassic Park. Because I think Jurassic Park, it's so hard to think like, what could you even fucking do with the sequels of that movie? Mm. And I see this and I'm like, yeah, some kid gets lost in the island because some some rich new dad is gallivanting around. The family (laughs) is split up. We need to go get the family back together. I like that Alan Grant gets gets duped into going. He takes his new boy toy, Alessandro Navola, to go with him with his lucky bag. <laughs> and then they go and they go and try to say they end up having to save this little boy. They get stuck on the island. And they've got Mr. Noodle on there from Sesame Street and all that stuff. Oh, I I genuinely like this movie. I don't know how good it is. But there were things that I enjoyed about it. For instance, one thing that I enjoyed about it, again, the last shot of the movie. They're leaving. We're seeing fucking pterodactyls flying around. It mirrors the ending of the original Jurassic Park when we see those pelicans or whatever flying yeah, around. Yeah. And I like that as a trilogy. I like that as a little trilogy of <laughs> of of imagery going on there. I uh, Oh, man. I couldn't. I couldn't even... You didn't even make it to the end. No, I made it to the end. I watched it again. I watched it in in three sittings, mind you. I was going to say 3D. <laughs> 3D? Man, the third day was my dick. <laughs> I pulled off during this movie, oh so God. I got some interest at least. Yeah. Um there were uh, there's a lot on the internet about all the different Jurassic Park sequel scripts that were developed before yeah. this one came the about. The John Sayles one in particular gets a lot of discussion. What was that one again? That is the one with the half human hybrid dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That John Sayles, who is a great screenwriter, great director, 
great actor who mm. did great movies like Lone Star, Return of the Sokorka 7, Brother from Another Planet. Those are just movies he's written and directed. Mm. Um, but he's written like Piranha, the mm. original Piranha and stuff. He's, a, he's one of those guys. So he would be the perfect choice to make something fucked like that. Yeah, I think I like... Uh, there's other ones I, I read about that um, just... I think there was one that was a kind of like a detective story What's type this? vibe where okay. a um, the movie begins with a bunch of killings on mainland America that people say look like like animal killings. Whoa. And Alan Grant realizes it's like pterodactyls or something and then has to like capture a pterodactyl and then I guess kill it or something and take it movie? back to the island or something. Whoa. I kind of like the idea of like at, like the mystery element of it rather than, hey, guess what? We're back and everything's crazy. Remember this crazy fucking uh, that dinosaur one, world? That one truly sounds like a psycho fucking movie. Well, yeah, it never got made, obviously, because I guess at a certain point someone was like, this sucks. But I find like it should have been a different genre. Mm. You know, the first one is like this kind of like adventure science fiction thriller mm. kind of political thing second one is more like an a throwback to like a 20s movie or yep. a 30s movie with some horror elements and some godzilla elements yeah. to it this one should have been like a different genre altogether not action mm. adventure they could have done um they could have done that where grant is like reluctantly pulled in bogart style rather than being like Tricked into going back on the yeah. island, but he is reluctant to go back. It's just literally to fund ah, him. I wish it was like he got just like a little bit oh, intrigued God. by the mystery. Like there mm. was some killings on the mainland, or there was some at some like deaths at sea or something. And yeah. then he kind of like goes, "Oh, it might be a dinosaur attack and all this shit." And he gets like sucked back oh, into the mystery. God. You love when people get sucked in. <laughs> <laughs> I was like saying the word "sucked." <laughs> I wanted to get sucked into a mystery. I wanted to get sucked in and then sucked off. I want to get sucked out into space. <laughs> I think it could have been a way better movie. It's just it's just such a bore. Well, these did both sequels to Jurassic Park fucking suck, dude. Mm, it's so a franchise with like one good movie. Lost World's a better movie on rewatch. I, uh, I don't know. I I can't say. I think to me because this one was just a straight blockbuster summer thrill raw. It's a ride, not a movie. Mm. I think I that's why I kind of zoned into it more, and also it had been longer since I'd watched it. I don't think I had seen it since like maybe fourteen years or something I, like that. Honestly, maybe fifteen years. Or I whatever. think it's the parent trap factor. Yeah. It's the PTF. That's the reason PTF, you love it so much. Tra- I, honestly, it must be. I think it is. Because I see myself, that's me. I see myself, I'm that kid. Yeah. I want Will Macy and Taylor need to get back together Whereas extremely much. I see myself as Vince Alessandro Nivola. <laughs> <laughs> I see myself as Vince Vaughn. I'm along on a journey. I'm mm. taking photos of things, capturing the moment. Becoming a star. You're an Insta- Not realizing it, but becoming Vince a star. Vince Vaughn was the first Instagrammer. <laughs> God, imagine taking pickies at Jay Park. Blow oh, up. You get so many I get faves. so many likes, man. How can oh. I get like fucking 5 million likes? Straight away. 5 million in the making. That's what I say. <laughs> so, we are, we, should we call it these sequels? They're not good. They're not good. And I think this is very distressing for me because as you know, this is my favorite franchise mm-hmm. of movies. Um... And I think they're a lot of fun and I love them all, but on analysis, they suck. Yeah. <laughs> but they're still, I'll still always watch them forever. Yeah. They're a lot of fun. Even three, you'll rewatch that again? Of course, I'll rewatch it again. Yeah. But it's just like they do suck. And mm. I know that. A part of me knows that. 
But I really, I think uh, they're important to me for some reason. Well, it is important to know what made you switched on into art. Yeah. And it's what true. made you an artist, Jurassic Park. Yeah, Jurassic Park made me an artist. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we will be discussing Jurassic World. And the new sequel that is out in cinemas now, Jurassic World colon, Fallen Kingdom. Now, uh, they are reboots, they're legacy sequels mm-hmm. in some sort of way. Yeah, uh, well, at least they're, they're legacy sequels because it yeah. has characters and influence from those movies. Mm. It is set in the same world. It's not a remake, it's not a total reboot. But it they is... do reuse plot elements mm. and themes and thematic devices. It is um, a soft reboot. I got to tell you, when Jurassic World was announced, I had zero interest. Really? I was excited. I was. I think after watching the third one at a young age, I thought, yeah, they're done. It's like mm. the Terminator movies. I was like, I don't want to see any more. Yeah. They just keep getting worse and worse. <laughs> if it has the VVF, maybe. Maybe. If Vince Vaughn comes back, I'll be interested in this shit. So stay tuned, guys. That's going to be next week's episode. You've probably already seen seen Jurassic World uh, Fallen Kingdom if you have join us in for that and if you've already seen Jurassic World you don't need to watch it again just join us in we've seen it so you don't have to watch it again yeah thanks for joining us on this episode guys if you liked what you heard and you were desperate for more content for us of course we've got Mike Check our podcast where we go through the entire filmography of Mike Myers and now the entire filmography of all of SNL's notable alumni we are just getting through a Chevy Chase miniseries there we've talked (laughs) about Fletch and now the Three Amigos Uh, so you can go check that out that's also on iTunes and everywhere you can find this we'll put a link for that in the show notes as well and if you want even more you can head over to patreon.com slash Total Reboot. There we have a brand new spin-off podcast that is Patreon exclusive uh, bonus content and the podcast is called Total Reboot Riss where we go through every film and pitch our own reboots and remakes of them. We just dropped one last week that is our reboot of Indiana Jones. And it is better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. But it is a legacy sequel. It couldn't live without Kingdom (laughs) of the Crystal Skull. It needs Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Hey, also, Mm -hmm. we have some goals on our Patreon uh, that we are beginning to achieve. Yep. One of our goals was that we wanted to get enough subscribers that we could then start our own special, secret, online Facebook group. And that group is the Total Reboot slash Mike Check Cinephile Registry for registered Cinephiles. So if you're a Cinephile, donate $5 a month to us and you can join our little group where we are talking about movies. We're posting stuff about the episodes. We're in there chatting to everybody about film. If you love movies, it's the place to be, baby. Film, movies, flicks. Mm-hmm. Cinema. The cinema. The skinema. Oh, God, we're talking about pornos in there. (laughs) (laughs) So if you are a registered cinephile, you can join us in there. Uh, If you haven't been joined to the group, just let me know through the Patreon or through the Facebook group. You can find us there. Or find me live from New York, Saturday Night Style. (laughs) (laughs) And tell me in person. Uh, You can tell him in person or on Twitter at I am Cameron James. That's Uh on Instagram as well. You can tell me about Cameron on (laughs) at This Is Alexi on Twitter and Instagram. And you can talk to both of us at... 
Total Reboot Pod on Twitter. Um, you can also email us if you've got something lengthy to say. Email us on totalreboot at betapods.net, which is a podcast network that we are part of. And if you liked what you heard, what you can do to help us out is give us five stars on iTunes. That would really help us out right now because mm. we have just changed categories on iTunes to be in the movies and TV category. So if you give us five stars review now, if you haven't done one before, now is your chance to help us out, especially. We'd love to bump up the charts. And We'd love we- to get those new and noteworthy. We've yeah. got to get back in new and noteworthy. So what we want to do for that, if you leave us in a five-star review, the movie that you'd like us to reboot with perhaps a condition mm. of rebootion, we will do an episode about that on the Patreon exclusive. For example, we've been talking about Spielberg today. So how about AI, artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. but uh, Kubrick's directing it? <laughs> Fascinating, fascinating. (laughs) That would be interesting. So you will hear about that all over there on patreon.com slash total reboot. There's a link in the show notes as well. Thank you and have a pleasant afternoon. Honestly, can't wait to see you at the movies or streaming. (laughs) Wait, hard.